This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Hey, another episode of At the Bar with me, Jane Gretch, but more excitedly, my friend Miss Mel. Hello to you. Hello, hello, Miss Jane. It's fabulous to be here. We've been trying for a while, haven't we? But life has been a little bit chaotic for both of us. Um, but you know, that's okay. We we get to chat when we get to chat and we're happy about that (laughs) you sound like dr seuss (laughs) oh gosh this is bodes well for the rest of the (laughs) good start (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll start again no no we're not going to start again but we were um we've we've had a few goes at doing this and both cancelled on each other because of illness and overwhelm and all of those things so we i think you know it's important to to note that we are in the trenches with everybody (laughs) and all just doing we're all just doing the best we can aren't we um yeah so we we did have a couple of conversations or messenger conversations around what we would talk about today and um we decided we'd do some life hacks but (laughs) that (laughs) we're going to veer off that because um i'm not sure either of us have anything hugely useful to offer i mean do share your your life hack of how to feed your child with a syringe (laughs) (laughs) yes well for anyone that doesn't know my daughter did have a bit of a stack on her bike this week so we've been in in the trenches with that and um yeah syringing orange and apple juice into her mouth has been my number one priority this week so Mm -hmm. so me having a newborn again but quite a large newborn And I had the life hack of that. You don't always have to use a roundabout in a roundabout way. You can just go straight <laughs> over the top if you were that tired. Which, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord, which is what I did after my performance driving home oh, um, in a bit of a um, place I don't really know that well, just straight over the top, Not no lefty, lefty, righty, righty action for right. me. Um yeah. But they're so, quite redundant, really. I mean, currently, why, <laughs> why turn when you can go straight? Straight over the top. So, because that was the quality of our life hacks, we thought we'll just leave that there. Uh, we have nothing else to, to add on that. So, we're, go- we're going to have no segue here because it goes from quite ludicrous to quite serious. <laughs> um, in my uh, Facebook group, The Collective for Dance Studio Owners, look it up if you are not part of it because it's a good 
good fun part of the internet. Um, there was a question about imposter syndrome and uh, I, I commented on it as to say I'll, I'll come back to it. And each time I went back to, you know, how, how you manage imposter syndrome basically and feeling like a fraud and each time I went back to the question I was like, oh, where do I start? I've got so much to say, of course, um, on this. And then I was like, right, that's it. Miss Mel, let, let's unpack this. So do you want to have a, you know, what's your, if I said to you, you know, imposter syndrome, where do you go with that just straight off the cuff? Yeah, well, I think there's two things for me. There's the things that the rest of the world tell me and, you know, I guess we, we all start out life as a little person and particularly as females. I think there's a lot um in in around what we experience at school and and life in general that tells us that you know you must do better and be a good girl and you know do all of the things so there's that sort of having to conform to social norms um and then there's the internal stuff for me that i guess is always a feeling a, a push and pull feeling like so it pushes me and there's a side of me that if someone says I can't do something or I shouldn't be, you know, why do you think you can do that? Um, that actually puts fire in my belly and pushes me further. And then there's the pull where it pulls me back as well. So for me, it's a very up and down experience. I wouldn't say it's something that I struggle with all of the time. I struggle with it sometimes and sometimes it actually spurs me on a little bit more. So yeah, I guess that's been my experience is that it is a very push and pull situation. Mm. I, I think as I've gotten older, that's the other thing, you know, um, particularly once I got into my 40s, there was a lot of things that I let go of that were holding me back um, and less concern about what other people thought. And I think it's such a shame, isn't it, that it takes so long to get there? Mm. Like, why does it take us so long? <laughs> you know, and then I have these conversations with, um, some of my younger staff members or, you know, other young people I know. And I'm just like, girl, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what other people think. And then I think, gosh, that's all I was doing in my 20s mm. was worrying about what everyone else thought or, you know, mm. trying to, to please everyone. So, yeah, part of its age and, and part of its experience, I think, mm. isn't it? I don't know whether you remember um, because it was pre-COVID, but I came over to to Melbourne on a bit of a whim and thank goodness I did. Um, and I, we went to a business chicks event and, um, it was like the last big thing that, that we'd been to before the world got shut down. And, um, Ida Buttrose was speaking mm. and one of the questions put to her by the MC was, you know, have, do you experience, um, imposter syndrome? Now, Ida is a, <laughs> An amazing woman. If if you, I'm sure everybody who's listening would know of her. Um, she's currently the chair of the ABC. I think that's her title. But anyway, she's done amazing, amazing things as a, a trailblazing woman. We won't go through her resume, and she just answered it so quickly. She said no, which is not. And and I don't know if you remember the whole auditorium like kind of gasped. Yeah, all like oh what and then applauded and it was this moment where it was so unexpected we really expected her to say oh yes of course I did because she was she'd pushed into this um male dominated industry of publishing at the time and yada 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 
And she said, no, no, I haven't. I've just really believed in myself. And anyway, then I was retelling that story to my dad, who is a, you know, fairly normal white male in Australia, um, has worked in academics and quite high-level organisations. And I was telling this story over dinner and he said to me, what, 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 is this imposter syndrome? What? What? And he'd never even heard the term. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what the hell is going on here, people? Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things there. Maybe going back to your comment on age, you know, Ita and my dad are, are in their 70s um, and maybe at that point where they're like, no, I just believe if I'm here doing this work, I'm the best person for it. So possibly some of that. Um, But certainly for my dad, he'd never even heard the term. Mm. I'm wondering if maybe we're doing a little bit too much navel-gazing, you know, like do we just need to get on with it? I don't know. You're making me remember um, a conversation I had with my nan um, a few years ago now. Well, she's not on this earth anymore, but she was... We were talking about the struggle of managing career and children Um, and my children were quite young at the time and we were having this lovely conversation about it um you know and i was saying oh such a you know it's just such a balancing act trying to be a good mom and i really want you know to succeed in my business and all these sorts of things and she would just just looked at me and she's like you know she said when i was young we just didn't even talk about it it wasn't even a thing we just did it mm. um and she you know they were post-war they ran a business a bakery she worked in the bakery full-time and literally my mum was in the cot like the little playpen on the floor while they sort of you know served customers and cleaned the bakery and did all the things that they did and and yeah she was sort of reflecting on that sort of idea of like what is this work-life balance thing that you're talking about I don't I don't understand it was just life Mm. you know and I think sometimes our generation has kind of over analyzed and tried to pick apart all of these things um to the point where we're putting so much pressure on ourselves to do well at all of the things Mm. um and then not feeling like we're achieving or doing and I think that's part of where imposter syndrome comes from is that we don't feel good enough to do what we're supposed to be doing yes and the pressure is is immense I think you know when you were talking about that story then the word that came to mind was pressure and then and then you mentioned it as well and where is this pressure coming from generally it's coming from within and judgment as well from within so I loved when you you started kind of riffing on this about that external and internal conversation because I think I'm also uh, over 40, I'm 43 next week, send wine. Um, <laughs> but I, I have probably more of a, a struggle with the internal judgment than the external judgment now. I'm, I'm pretty well okay with what others think of me, not, not 100% okay with it. Of course, I'd like to be liked by everyone, but I'm understanding that that's not yeah. going to happen. Um, But it is this judgment and there's been a few things lately where people have been really competent and and this is actually interesting because as I get older, 
I can see how people might start to feel a little bit more irrelevant. So, and I'm not old, like I'm not suggesting I'm old. I'm, I'm kind of on the cusp of midlife, but, um, you know, there are younger people coming through who are so competent that they make me question my competence and that that's an internal conflict then because I know I'm good at what I do and I know others can be good at what they do and that we can shine together. Cognitively, I know all of these things. Yeah. But on a day where perhaps I'm a little t- more tired or hormonal, that's where it starts to creep in. Yeah. So with that... Um, also social media should probably be mentioned, you know, in that there is this comparison itis that maybe did not exist for Ita, for your nana, for my dad, as they were going through the highs of their working lives, maybe. I'm not I'm not sure. Absolutely. I mean, you think about what we are um bombarded with more and more you know especially well, i know you and i follow lots of other dance studios we follow lots of other business owners um, and business coaches and and all of those people that are in our space and you know you can easily get caught up in like oh wow look at what she's doing and mm. oh, i'm not doing that and what, what's wrong with me and you know we can spiral and i think it's really important um like you say, you know, on those days where you are feeling less resilient and more tired and you can spiral in your thoughts to, yeah, put the phone down, but also put words around it. I think sometimes the feeling um, can, you know, it can bubble up and you can have this kind of anxious feeling or, you know, the, all these worries. And as soon as you put words around it or, you know, whether it's writing it in a message to a friend um (laughs) and having a little debrief those sorts of things can really help just put everything in perspective because i think that's we can lose perspective Mm. especially with social media it's Mm. yeah i feel i've found myself disconnecting more and more from my socials because i just Mm. it doesn't light me up anymore you know it used to light me up and i don't know if that's just a time thing or i've been trying to work out what it is because you know like jane you and i met on Mm. facebook like how cool is that it's brought me to meet people in my life that I never would have connected with, um, you know, in another time. So I'm really grateful for it. But I I feel, I don't know whether it's just I'm over it or, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? It is. It is fascinating. And I I do think... yeah, there, there are times where it, it does draw me into this comparison and, and this will kind of segue and, and we can loop back to this into the conversation I want to have next, which is about when is enough enough because if we are just staying kind of almost blinkered in our lane, so to speak, then we're not distracted by what other people are doing and maybe being pulled in that direction Um and thinking we should do more, but this isn't so much about the doing as the being. You know, I think imposter syndrome is where we feel like we are not enough. We feel like we are a fraud. And um, the way, you know, just to get practical here, the way I overcome that is is really getting back inside my brain and taking, taking back control and um, it sounds a little bit embarrassing to say out loud, but here we are. Um, I will affirm 
to myself what I know to be true. So, you know, not, not so much affirmations that other people have written, but I will say an affirmation to myself as in, you know, you, you know what you are doing, you are good at it, people value you for it, they respect you for it, and you need to keep doing it, right? It's some, I've said that kind of thing to myself when I've gone into that, oh, should I be putting this offer out into the world? Who am I? I think that's the crux of it. Who am I to put this into yeah. the world? No, you you are Jane and you're okay to put this out into the world. Um, it's just so complex, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and it's so um it, that's a really hard place to get to and I I think it's um, it's a very evolved thing to be able to seek that affirmation internally because, you know, I know definitely in years gone by I sort of had a bit of an epiphany a few years ago where I realised that I was really hanging off all of the positive feedback that I was getting around my business and what I was doing and, you know, the work with my students and my teachers and la 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 and then when there was negative feedback bam I was like so upset and distraught yeah. by it and what I realized was that if I if my very um my self-esteem and my own sense of self is based solely on all of that external positive feedback um then I'm actually nothing because as soon as something negative comes my way, I crash and that's a really unhealthy way to be. You reckon, um, can we just take that right back to the beginning when you said, you know, as a young girl, be a good girl, do your best? Yes, yes. Mm. Absolutely, that's where it comes from, isn't I it? Feel, I feel I like, like I'm, down. yeah, and I feel like I'm in year two now sitting there and, of course, like, do you remember sitting up the straightest? Because I freaking sat up the straightest. Oh, 100%. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? You could not get a straighter back than mine. You know, who can sit up the straightest? Well, game on me. And why was I doing it? Not so that I sat up the straightest, but so my teacher would look at me and say, good girl, you know, be like Jane. Jane, sitting up and listening or good job and, um, yeah, we, I guess that goes into that growth mindset um, and yeah. how we praise effort instead of the outcome, you know, uh, and I've definitely, but it still feels a bit wanky saying it, right? Oh, I, I can see how hard you're trying instead of, you know, oh, I can't even think of an example now. Yeah, but I what I'm saying, right? what you mean. But yeah. do you know what? It works, Jane. I, I'm going to share this story. I, um, had my dance my dance steppers my wonderful dance steppers we had a pretty small meeting the other day because at school holidays a lot of them are away and yeah busy and all that sort of stuff so um there's some new child safety standards that have come out in victoria which we've got to comply with by january so i thought well this might be a good opportunity to sort of review some of the things that we're doing and i was really interested to get their feedback because all our dance steppers are you know they're really insightful intelligent young people and um anyway so I sat down with them and the standard that we were looking at was around empowerment and how children feel like they've got a voice in the organization 
and I, well, like when I read this, I was like, oh, I don't know how well we do this. You know, as dance teachers, do we let, because, you know, like, don't talk, be a good girl, stand mm. up straight. Like, mm. do, like, I was really conflicted. Mm. I was like, wow, this will be, I'm really interested. And I said to them at the start, I said, please don't think that anything you say is going to offend me right now. I know that there are some problematic things with dance and, you know, I want to have a really open conversation with you. So anyway, anyway, you know what they said to me? They said, no, when we come into class, I feel like my vision for myself is supported. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Say <laughs> <Hear> it again. <laughs> yeah, like, no, when I'm in class, I feel like that the teachers understand why I'm here and that I'm supported to strive for what I want. So I know that, um, you know, Susie standing mm. next to me, he wants to, you know, be a professional dancer. I don't want that, mm. but that's okay. And you support me mm. on my journey. And so they had all of and I was like, oh. It works. Yeah. So this idea of actually praising the effort and their intention, mm-hmm. it does work. Like it really, I walked away from that conversation going, wow, this, you know, because it's very different to how I'm um, blessed my dance teacher. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not how we grew up. No. Like, it's not. And maybe uh, that's part of our problem. Yes. Like not particularly just our dance teachers doing this because we loved them, but, yeah. you know, that. That yeah, maybe in fifteen years' time, after we've all been um, trying to to teach children a little bit differently, yeah. maybe they won't experience these feelings at forty, fifty. Absolutely. Like I, I was really because um, I was I was worried about the conversation. If I'm re- being really honest, I thought, oh gosh, what are they going to say? And you mm. know, I think I was reflecting my own experiences as a young dancer. Um, but I really walked away thinking, gosh, we, we do often bemoan the current generation, don't we? We all have those moments where we're like, ah, yeah. you know, and we've all had those debrief conversations in our Facebook groups and whatnot. But I walked away thinking, wow, like these kids are really, really clear about what they want for themselves mm. and understand what their rights are as a, as a human. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so impressive. So all power to us, I think, as the next generation of teachers and, yeah, mm. it's not mm. as bad so, as what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you, good for you, yeah. Um, so this, let, let's kind of link into the next topic that, um, and I'm sure we could we could riff some more on imposter syndrome, but what might be nice is to hear back, um, just before we go into the next topic, hear back from from others I'll post this in the collective when it comes time to be published and and get some others thoughts on it and maybe this is a conversation we can continue in in subsequent episodes once once we've collected a bit more information perhaps but for now let's go into the second topic that I presented to you (laughs) this morning and you're like oh all right yeah just doing the just doing the light stuff this morning um about I guess managing ambition, if I'm to put a, a title on it. So one of my struggles um, and strengths, and that's often the case, is our strengths can also be a bit of a struggle because we're good at things that we're strong at, is managing my ambition. Um, and going back to your push-pull comment, uh, 
this is how I feel when I'm working in my strengths. I'm very ambitious. I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm very um, interested in learning. So it's almost like this perfect storm that there's just so much to do, so little time, so much work. Yet on the other side of the coin for the last five or so, yeah, five years, I've been very much and, and definitely sharing this with my community as well, resisting that kind of hustle, you know, burnout, overwork mentality. And so how do we know when to stop? This isn't about going rest is important. This is about managing yourself internally again. These are all internal conversations because you can say to someone, oh, I'm tired, and they say have the day off. You go, good, that's Yep, mm -hmm. that's what the good part of my brain is saying. But the, the the one that's being a little bit evil on me now is like, oh, but you could do this and you could do that and you could do this. How what? Meh. How do we manage that? Oh, I don't know if I have the answer. Okay, um, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, it's very push pull, isn't it? I think. Um, look for me this year. I felt very conflicted. Like I felt tired, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think um, one of the things I've realised is that the adrenaline's been firing during 2020 yeah. and 21, and yeah. then this year it was like that adrenaline has worn off. And yeah. so I felt like a little bit adrift at say yeah. like what I don't know where I am right now. Um, and the thing for me has been really um, taking a look into the future. Um, and I guess this is kind of where I am with my kids and the family. Um, my eldest is turned 18 now. So it's a real, I feel like it's a real transition time. And I don't want to <laughs> kind of age myself out here. But like a big part of it for me has been like, what do I want my life to look like in 10, 15 years time? Because I obviously don't want to be doing what I'm doing now. So everything that I've sort of been reflecting on this year has been, what does this mean for future me? Mm. Um, and I don't think I've really done that as much in the past as I have this year that, you know, it's all been very much about what can I achieve now and what box can I tick and yeah, what next course can I do? And where am I, you know, what am I doing in my business? All those sorts of things. Whereas this year I've just been like, what do I actually want? And Jane, you have done some very big decisions this year around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have not done the big decision like you have. But, um, yeah, I think sometimes it is that process of really taking a really strong look at what is it that I want not just now, not just next month, but for future me. Um, and that kind of takes me into a place where I can – manage those things a bit better I think mm. it is it is really deep work it really is deep mm. work and um I I have a funny story so I have put had my book on ice for for nine months because really you know just there's there was nothing left and I didn't want I'm not writing a book to make money I'm writing a book because I have a message I want to share with the world and so it's really important to me that it's 
it's written from the right place. Anyway, so I've picked it up in the last couple of weeks, gone, gee, this is so close to being finished. Like it really is. It just needs uh, a little cup of courage now to finish it off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was editing it and I said to Brian, I, I got, you know, maybe a couple of chapters in and I realised I'd stopped editing and I was just reading it. I was just reading it going, oh, well, this is, it was like a warm hug. So I hope that once it gets into everybody else's hands, it it feels like a warm hug. But I needed my words. And at the time, what I was reading about was really just leaning into your values and, and doing that deep work and being courageous enough to be guided by them. And my challenge around that, I'm, I'm fine at leaning into my values. I'm really good at it and I've got lots of proof of that um, and, and most recently definitely proof of that. But what I struggle with, and I think this is why I've popped on the tail end of the imposter syndrome, is I know I could be doing more and are people judging me for doing less? Mm-hmm. Of course they're not because they're not actually thinking about me. <laughs> We know, again, this is cognitive. We know, right? But I'm like, oh, I, I could, I've got so much more within me that I could be doing. I'm very, you know, the lack of ambition is is not a problem. Like that's not the problem. The, the challenge is being at peace myself and going, it's all right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And other people can think I'm lazy or whatever or not because, like I said, they're not thinking about me. But that's where that's where it's this kind of intersection of could, would, should and just being at peace with yeah. choosing a, a bit of a slower life or not doing things. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and it comes back to wanting to be the good girl, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, everybody around me and make sure that I look like um, I'm busy and that I'm doing all the things and that mm-hmm. everybody good and I'm the right size yeah. and mm-hmm. my hair is good and yeah, all the things. Mm-hmm. things. And I did share with you just before we, we hit record that last, for whatever reason, <laughs> um, maybe because I went to the royal show recently, but that last line in Babe, the movie, where he says, that'll do, pig, that'll do. Um, I have, that's been my affirmation. <laughs> okay, I am the pig. Um, but that has been my affirmation. Like, that'll do, Jane. Yeah. That'll do. It doesn't, it, <laughs> right? It's that's enough. enough. That's yeah. enough. And, yeah. um, you know, on one side of the coin, I really do lean into that as well. You know, I love, I love rest. I love being with my family. I, Again, my kids are getting older like yours and so it's a different relationship. It's less of a caretaker relationship and more of a, it's not a friendship because that's different again, but, you know, we'll we'll hang out together Mm. and do things and I want to have time to do that and not feel stressed. Um, Alana and I are heading over to Melbourne in a a couple of days and I want to be able to enjoy that and not, not be stressed and, it's just this part of my, my I guess, psyche that is I, I've always struggled with, always. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like I even just if I look at my behaviour around the house, like 
it's very rare that you'll find me just sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. No one else in my family has a problem doing mm -hmm. that when I want to do that. But if I've got other family members at home, I'm like, what yeah. should I be doing? I should yeah. be doing something to look important or, to, you know, it's, it's just my own stuff. But it's um, it's not helpful and they really don't care what I'm doing. Well, they don't, again, a bit like, you know, yeah. me going, oh, what will people think? Just yeah. the same. The kids don't, don't. No. Even to the point where I'm like, oh, I might have a nap, but would the kids think I'm lazy? No, because they're on their bloody phones or one of them's asleep themselves. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you think, and let this is kind of, we'll, we'll come to an end because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground, but do you think this is more gender specific? I, I, I know I, I always get a little bit anxious about talking about gender these days and generalisations and labels. Yeah. But you're a woman, I'm a woman, so we can talk about women. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I'm just thinking about my darling husband. I don't yep. I think if he listened to this podcast, he'd be like, Are you two all right? Like settle down. Like I reckon he'd be a bit like, what the heck? What what well, the thing is like Rob would just say to me, Well just sit down. Right. Okay, you just say just sit down. Like what do you Yeah. yeah. Right. Again, it's it's the good girl syndrome, I think, that's mm -hmm drilled in from very early it is hard to undo that isn't it mm. I don't know like then you think well is it nature or nurture I don't know I think there's a lot of nurture in there in the way that the messages that were sent yes but and maybe that is what's changing with um gender like labeling our genders and things like that mm -hmm. not being quite as um separated it, yeah. it makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. there was such stereotypes around girls and boys in the 80s, like even oh, absolutely and, and still kind of hanging hanging on to, yeah. um, you know, blue is for boys, pink is for girls, girls like Barbies, boys like football, right? Mm -hmm. And so we did kind of get pushed into these. Um, and I'm wondering if boys might have the flip side of this in that maybe... Oh, I've just thought of this. <laughs> How can I share this out loud? Trying to make sense. So for us girls, there was there were high expectations. The expectations were high, and mm. I do wonder maybe if boys ever have something to deal with because of low expectations. Like we're whinging because what was expected of us was quite high because we're good girls right you know yeah. the girls the girls will even that kind of stuff you know the girls always line up look at the boys they're always at the end of the line you know they won't keep up on excursions oh of course the boys are all messy oh the boys like low expectations boys will be boys. yeah boys will be boys all oh, right yeah you know, um what would it be like to to constantly have, have that low expectation people just go oh yeah that's the best you can do <laughs> I don't know. And at the same time, it kind of excuses a lot, doesn't it? You know, right. It excuses, they get away with a lot. And I think as women we carry, like there's a there's a mental load, we know about the mental load, that we carry just even existing in the world, you know, mm -hmm. like but do do boys have to worry about where they park their car and other, yeah, right. you know, like there's all those um, little things that impact us that, you know, in of, of itself, 
isn't a big deal but then it does become a big deal because over time you're constantly worrying about what you're doing where you're going who you're with should I do this should I do that Mm. yeah which I just I don't think a lot of boys have to Mm. you know I look I've just parenting my own children I look at the way my son is able to navigate Mm. the world that's just a whole lot easier for him. Just different. Yeah, just different. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, lots of lots of questions, probably more questions there than answers, but all all really interesting and um uh, look, we could go on, but we won't. We'll we'll kind of tie a bow on it there. I think I would I would like to loop back to how others navigate imposter syndrome what their thoughts are on it so I, I really yeah. would encourage if you're listening to either reach out to to Mel um, or me and um, like I said if you're not a member of the collective for dance studio owners on Facebook what are you, doing? There. What what are you doing I mean talk Do about it. judgment we're judging you <laughs> Come and join us um, and let's have that conversation there and, and support each other. And I think I think that's what's key is, is mm. just being, having, I, I felt like we potentially were, were falling into sounding like, I know this isn't true for you and me, but sounding like potentially mm. we were falling into kind of victim mode there a little bit. And mm. it, I know that's not true, yeah. but um, there's a lot that we can do Absolutely. As individuals to empower ourselves in, in these situations and, and it, that's what it comes down to. You and I chat all the time, don't we, it's about doing the work. and um, It's that knowing you're not alone. Yeah. And, that, you know, a place like the collective is that place where you know you're not alone if someone's sharing something that, yeah, that everybody is really supportive and you know mm. that it's a safe place that you can get that support Mm, mm, and I I do really think that's important and I thank you for that that's a big role you play in my life Um, definitely not as much as we'd probably like but sometimes it can just be in a quick message you know kind of this is where I'm at and you're like yeah that's that's me too (laughs) and you're like good moving on Thank you, Mel. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. And um, I've got lots to think about as I move through the day. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll chat some more at another time. Thanks again. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.